Greetings, my friend, and welcome to Beyond Curious, conversations with brave adventurers like yourself that are taking voyages into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity, fulfill their purpose, and bring their ideas to life. I'm Brandon Fong. I am so grateful that you are here, whether you are a new friend or an old friend. Welcome, you curious human being. And I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, a friend of mine, Kelsey Rydell. Bieber had just come out with a new album. It was called Purpose, and he had just released it in November, and this was December. And we got to song number seven, which is the song Children. And I was just listening, minding my own business. And he said the word visionary in that song and the sun was setting over the mountains and it was like, I got this full body chill and I didn't know why, because I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't necessarily like looking to create anything from listening to music, but I wrote that word down as soon as we got to base camp, put it in my journal. And I said, I want to do something with this, but I didn't know what. Guys, I've heard a lot of founding stories that have commonalities, but never have I heard of a business brand built because of one word in a Justin Bieber song. So (laughs) I guess you'll have to hang on for that full story. But let me tell you a little bit about Kelsey. So Kelsey and I have actually known each other uh, for the past year-ish. We met because of Michael Roderick's mastermind. We were a part of that together and we've stayed in touch over the years. And then Kelsey actually came to an in-person experience that I hosted called the Curiosity Quest. So I've gotten to know her even more because of that. But she is just an incredible human being that is not only a marketing ninja, but she is also somebody that is just really passionate about living a curious, amazing, adventure-filled lifestyle. So I'm really excited for you to see all different sides of Kelsey. Um, I'm not going to read her formal bio. I'll just, just going to introduce her like I was telling a friend. And so Kelsey is a fractional CMO. She's also a top rated marketing coach for small business owners. And when I say top rated, I'm talking, she has given talks at stages like Google HQ and Salesforce and was named a top 10 marketing coach by Yahoo. She is also the host of a top 2% globally ranked podcast called Visionary Life with over 300 episodes, 12 seasons, and she's the creator of a process called the the Visionary Method. And as always, there is so much to look forward to in this episode, but I would love for you to look out for three specific things. Number one, how you can use the Island A and Island B exercise to help you create irresistible offers. This was a really fun one. I love that one. Number two, how you can build a business around your brilliance, only doing the things that give you energy. And number three, what Kelsey learned about the power of constraints when dealing with a broken bike during a 24 hour mountain bike race. Guys, this is a super fun episode. We talk about business. We talk about alignment. We talk about doing things that give you energy. There's so much here and I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So without any further ado, here is my dear friend, Kelsey Rydell. Actually, wait, hold up. Just kidding. Not Kelsey's episode quite yet. I have one more thing to say, and that is you'll hear in the very beginning of this episode, Kelsey and I had a back-to-back day because we came from 
recording an episode on her podcast where she interviewed me. And it has been a while since I've been an interview guest. So I thought it'd be a really fun idea for you guys to actually see what I've been up to and some of my thinking and how it's evolved because I haven't done a solo episode in a while. So uh, if you're listening to this in the episode order, we will have released my episode where I was actually interviewed on Kelsey's show right before this. So we do make some references to that episode, um, but obviously you can listen to them separately. So would encourage you to check out that episode if you want to get an interview by yours truly. Uh, But Kelsey was an amazing, amazing host and she prepared and did her homework and asked some really good questions. And it was kind of cool to be on the receiving end of somebody doing research on me because I'm the one that's usually doing it. So anyways, forgot to add that in the beginning. So without any further ado, here is my interview, interviewing Kelsey on my podcast. Here it is. Kelsey, welcome to the show. This is our marathon, Kelsey and Brandon Day. We just hopped off of a podcast interview on Visionary Life, and it was so much fun. And now I have all the pressure to do a good interview for Kelsey. So Kelsey, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I guess that means I did a good interview for you. So I would encourage everyone to listen to that. And I can't wait for this to be on the other side of the mic. Heck yeah, it was so much fun. Got to talk about a bunch of stuff that I've never talked about before. So there's just a little bit of curiosity if you want to figure out what the heck I'm saying uh, in Kelsey's amazing question asking. But Kelsey, oh my gosh, there's so much that I was thinking about. We could go in this conversation because we got to spend lots of time together in Michael Roderick's mastermind. And then we, we spent some time together in Park City, Utah at the Curiosity Quest. And so I was like, oh man, Kelsey is such an amazing multifaceted person with an incredible entrepreneurial journey. Where do we start? And so I was wondering, uh, I was thinking the best place to start would actually be with Justin Bieber. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Machu Picchu and Justin Bieber and what that had to do with starting your company. <laughs> Great spot to start. And if there are any other believers that are listening to the Beyond Curious podcast, I hear you. I see you. <laughs> you, you Canadians. <laughs> I know. Hey, I thought everybody around the globe loved the Beebs, but maybe it's just <laughs> us Canadians. So yeah, great starting spot. Basically, if we were to rewind 10 years, it was 2014. I actually was working my dream job as an experiential marketer for one of Canada's top health food companies. They were called Vega. They made plant-based protein. And I was the girl who was traveling around Ontario, Canada, where I live. And I was setting up pop-up shops at Whole Foods. And I was at the end of marathon races, handing out samples of protein. And I was connecting with our community and hosting yoga events and smoothie building workshops. And I just loved Vega. I was living the brand. I was driving a branded car. It was bright green. I wore logoed shirts every day. And if I had a dollar, (laughs) no tattoo. tattoo? Okay. All right. I didn't go that far. (laughs) But if I had a dollar for every time I converted someone to this product, I'd probably be a millionaire by now. And I, I just loved the job. It really spoke to me. And I loved connecting with other humans and inspiring them to start a health journey utilizing our product. And so anyways, long story short, one day I'm walking to the coffee shop because I worked remotely at the time and my phone rang and I was like, oh, it's my manager, Crystal. That's weird. She never calls me unexpected. Mm. Like we only have our weekly Monday meeting and I pick up the phone 
And it's that dreaded call that nobody ever mm. wants to receive saying, Hey, Kels in two weeks, our entire team is being let go. So start wrapping up, drop the car off. Um, you're done. Mm. And so I went home, obviously sulked a lot for 24 hours, but I woke up the next day and I thought, you know what, maybe this is an opportunity because I'm very passionate about marketing. I know a lot of small business owners don't know a lot about marketing. Could I start a freelance career? And I had seen some people 10 years ago getting into freelance, starting to run their own business. And I thought maybe I could do that too. So in the meantime, my husband and I decided to book a trip to Peru and we had always wanted to trek Machu Picchu. And this was a great time because I wasn't going to have a job. He was able to take some time off. So we land in Cusco. We start our trek towards Machu Picchu. And for the first few days, the group of five of us that were trekking, we were having so much fun. We were just observing the scenery. We were out in nature. We were making our way to the ruins uh, to wake up on day four and essentially make our final trek. And at the end of day three, I wasn't feeling very well. I had altitude sickness. I think I was having a little bit of remorse, like, oh my gosh, I lost my dream job. I'm useless. And like, what am I going to do when I get home? I don't have a purpose anymore. And so I was just feeling the weight of the three-day trek plus everything in life. And so at the final hour of that day's trek, I decided to pop in my iPhone or my earbuds and listen to my iPod. And I was like, okay, what am I going to listen to? I need a pump up song right now. And, you know, I'm sure most people would not choose the Biebs in this moment, but <laughs> I Justin <wouldn't>. Bieber, <laughs> most people would be like, okay, what's like that, you know, raging song that can release my angry energy or something a little more inspirational. But Bieber had just come out with a new album. It was called Purpose and he had just released it in November and this was December and we got to song number seven, which is the song Children. And I was just listening, minding my own business. And he said the word visionary in that song. And the sun was setting over the mountains. And it was like I got this full body chill. And I didn't know why, because I wasn't an entrepreneur. I wasn't necessarily like looking to create anything from listening to music. But I wrote that word down as soon as we got to base camp, put it in my journal. And I said, I want to do something with this, but I didn't know what. So fast forward, I get home. I don't have a job. I have a lot of time on my hands and I just decide to create a Facebook group. That's it. I called it the visionary community. I invited 10 friends and I just said, I want to have conversations about, you know, our goals and our dreams. And I don't want to follow a trajectory in life. I'm multi-passionate. You guys are too. What if we want to do things that are against the grain? And what are the podcasts you're listening to? Like the people you're following who are thinking outside the box. And we started sharing resources, just 10 of us in this group. And essentially that was the starting point. Eight years later, I now have a podcast with over 12 seasons that we've produced. I created a course called The Visionary Method. Um, and everything that I build is to serve the visionaries of the world who want to do life a little bit different, who want to imagine what their potential is um, beyond where they are today, and who want to get in the room with others who have crazy dreams, wild aspirations, and who just want to feel less alone on their journeys. So that's a little bit about why Justin Bieber is a main character 
my story. <laughs> oh my gosh, we gotta we gotta get you connected to the Beebs one day. I have no connection. Actually, I know goal. somebody. I know somebody who knows the Beebs. I don't know, but but maybe one day we'll get you in front of the Beebs. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> there, there there's so much that I want to pull from that that I think is just so relevant. First of all, like totally resonate with that idea of loss of identity and purpose. And it's really cool because I think it's in these moments you realize that sometimes you have intentional purpose and identity, and sometimes you have given purpose and identity. And it's like when that's stripped away and you're left with nothing, it's like, oh man, who am I at my core? And so I just respect you for just tapping into your natural desire to say, okay, let me take a reset. Let me go. Let me change my environment and really kind of understand who I am. So I love that. And thank you for sharing that story. The The other thing that came up that I, I, I don't want to ignore, and I'm, I sometimes these podcasts are just spark notes for myself, but you said something about like full body chill when you heard that word. And I think it's super important. And I started to realize this a lot more like our bodies are so smart, like our heart is so smart. And so if you feel that tingling sensation, if you feel that resonance, usually there's like something there for you to lean into a little bit more. And so I I love all of that. And um, man, thank you so much for sharing. So I, I have more, but anything else you want to comment about those those two things? Yeah, I would just say like, I think oftentimes people assume there's this grand business plan behind everybody who yeah. has maybe created a career that they love. For me, I really want to pinpoint that like it started with one word that inspired me. Yeah. And I did the simplest thing I could think of. There was no master plan. There was no 30 page document. There were no investors. I just followed my own curiosity and was like, what is the one thing that I can do to build out this idea I have around the word visionary? I love that. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to get tied up. And like you said, like, oh my God, that's so daunting, but like, it's, if you treat everything as an experiment, like what's the worst that could happen if I did this, if I put this group together, like if you can get over the worst case scenario, which is very often pretty much close to nothing, <laughs> like you, you get rejected. If you can handle the emotional rejection, like so much upside. So I, I love that. So Kelsey, you're, you're so, there's so many different sides to you. So we want, I want to unpack the visionary method. Um, but as I've gotten to know you as well, like you're just so you have two sides, you have like the passionate visionary, but then you're also passionate about being just an ex a curious explorer of life. And so I want to give people kind of both of those flavors, and then we can dive into some of the, the visionary life. But one of the stories as uh, that I uncovered when we were chatting prior to the curiosity quest was your experience with mountain bike racing. You had a 24 hour race. That was a crazy race. Um, and you, you, you had some, uh, adversity that you made it through on that race. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what that was and your experience doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll cue this story up with something that I feel is important to share with your listeners is that if you can answer this one question in life, I do believe that your spark will always stay alive. And mm. that is what inspires you? So simple. Okay. And I hit a point in my business a few years ago where my mom had just passed away. My family members, a couple of them were going through some deep mental health challenges and a couple other things just weren't feeling all that great. Okay. Mm. And I sat with this question of what inspires me. And for me, it's always been cycling. 
but I wasn't doing it a lot in that phase of life because I had a lot of other stuff going on in the background. Didn't have tons of time for my hobbies. However, I had just met a new friend in the town I lived in and she had offered me a few weeks earlier, Hey, do you ever want to go mountain biking? And I'm like, Oh no, I'm a road cyclist. Like I don't wear baggy (laughs) stuff. I don't bike in the dirt trails, but I was like, okay, I need to ask myself the question. I always ask my clients, what inspires me? Got to the answer of cycling and then realized I haven't been doing it lately. And what if I were to take her up on that offer of learning to mountain bike? So we booked a day. I met her on a Saturday morning, 9 a.m. at the trails, got on that bike. And it was like this wave of inspiration. It was like I was rebirthing myself because I hadn't Mm. felt that alive in so long. And for me, I do love adrenaline inducing sports. That's always been something I've loved. I love paddleboarding. I love snowboarding backcountry. I love doing intense treks, like things like that. I know bring me joy. So as soon as I got on that mountain bike, I was like, this is my next sport. And so to kind of go to your story. So that season I got invited to be part of this 24 hour mountain bike race. And it was nine guys in their forties and fifties, all who were like super athletes. (laughs) And then there was me in my young thirties and they're like, we're all going to be camping together. We're all going to spend the weekend together. Like we'll drink beer and then we'll do our races. And I'm like, okay, sign me up. And these were all like just, 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 I'm, I'm picturing, yeah, big, hairy men. Kelsey, I think yeah. you're shorter than me, like short blonde, like not like you're, you're pretty lean. So I'm just, I'm just, this is just a hilarious <laughs> picture in my brain of you amongst this group of guys. <laughs> yeah. So I have this vision, like, well, I better show up and do a really good job at this race because these guys, like they are quite athletic. They've done this 24 hour race for the last 10 years. And they just recruited me as their 10th teammate. I'm like, okay, I can fill the shoes, right? Um, So anyways, I get to the race and we are on the starting line. Our first person goes out, does their lap. I'm the second lap. And I realized right at the beginning that my brakes aren't working. And so my teammates, they see my face and I like, I lose all color. I'm like, oh my God, like I want to do the best I can for this team. And I don't have working brakes. They were sticking at the time. So they swap out my bike quickly. So I get on this bike that I've never ridden before. It's not sized for me, but sometimes when we face those challenges, it like re-motivates us. And we're just like, I need to work through the given circumstance and figure this shit out. So Mm -hmm. I get on this bike. That's not for me, but I decide to go into like, I don't even know the pain cave or whatever you call it. And (laughs) I don't go there very often, but I'm like, I want to do my best in this moment, even though the circumstances aren't perfect. So anyways, I get out, I do my lap because I'm a road cyclist. I'm really fast on the straightaways where everybody else is taking rests. So I decide I'm going to make up so much ground on these straightaways. I do. I come in, my lap comes in at 57 minutes, which ends up being over the 24 hours and the multiple laps we all did the fastest lap of the entire group. And these guys were just like, you just started mountain biking. You're on a bike (laughs) that doesn't fit you. But I honestly believe it was because I had to face a challenge right at the beginning of the lap that I just tapped into a different part of me. Whereas if everything were to go well, I probably wouldn't have been there because I wouldn't have worked as hard to overcome the situation. (laughs) I love that. That is such a good, oh my gosh. Like I've heard you tell that story, but not to that level of, 
amazingness. That was that was so so good. So I'm glad I got the the full story there. There's so much gold that you shared that I just want to unpack. And then if you want to comment on any of this stuff too, it's like I think it's really important because I think lots of times what you said earlier before you told that story, we almost think it's like should I really be treating myself to doing this thing, right? Like, you know, but, but I think that if you're doing stuff that inspires you, like you said, the inspiration bleeds over. Like there's so yes. much benefit I'm sure that you saw in just doing something you were passionate about. I'm sure that showed up in your life and your business and other ways of you just feeling on purpose and alive and contributing in many different ways. So I, I love that. And then the other thing that I think is just super valuable is like we have all these wrenches that are thrown at us sometimes, right? We don't like them. But what I found is magic comes from constraints. Magic comes from constraints, right? So it's like you had to figure out what was going to work. You're like, well, shit, like there's nothing I can do. I can't change it. I'm in the race. I want to perform. Let me figure out a way to make this work. And I think that sometimes we're not grateful that for the constraints that are put on us. But I've been thinking a lot about like, how do you actually intentionally create more constraints? Because you have to get creative when there's boundaries. Like it's the same thing as saying go grocery shopping for a meal. You walk into the grocery store, there's literally infinite meals you can make. But if it's like, you know, I've been thinking, <laughs> Lee and I watched a lot of like Guy Fieri's grocery games a while ago. And it's like, you have to make something with gummy bears and pasta. And it's like, well, <laughs> shit, like you got it. And some magic comes from that. So I think lots of times life throws us these wrenches and it's like, I'm not grateful for it. But I think if you learn to flip that and you're like, wow, there's magic in this constraint of this circumstance of this container of not being able to do stuff and you have to get creative. So I love that so, so much. Yeah. And you know what, that concept of putting constraints around yourself, like obviously in the story that I just told about the mountain bike, it was a constraint that I didn't necessarily intend to have, but I think we can use that anecdote. Like you're sharing actually apply constraints to your life and to your business. So for example, mm. in life, if you are looking to finally become a runner, the constraint is I have to run one minute each day, seven days a week, right? You're applying that constraint and there's no way you can break it. Or in business, instead of just saying, I'll just do marketing or I'll just work on my business. That's, that's too generic. The constraint is I must try one new marketing strategy every single month. And when you put that constraint on yourself, you actually have something that you're working towards and whether it fails or whether it succeeds, it doesn't matter, but at least you got yourself outside of your comfort zone. And I think a timeline or a deadline can be the best possible constraint ever um, to work towards something and to actually do the thing and follow through. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this could be a whole separate conversation, but I know We've talked about this. We're both about to embark on parenthood journeys, which like yeah. talk about a hell of a constraint, right? And I think no it's kidding. really important. I think I think it's important to really just step into the gratitude of the constraint. Like, man, what a gift to have to simplify everything to bring mm. in another human being and be another intentional parent. And so, yeah, I love the mindset shift of just deep gratitude for a constraint and looking for the good in all of it, because there's just so much beauty that happens when you have to build around something. And I think lots of magic happens as a result of it. So man, Kelsey, this is, this is so, this is so juicy. This is just, we're just getting warmed up. There's so much juice here to dive into. So I, I would love to start going into a little bit about your visionary method. And so I did, I did something fun that I, I, um, 
so let, let me let me back let me back this up. Kelsey came to the Curiosity Quest, and one of the relationships you were able to build was with Max. Uh, so Max. I think her episode should have come out before this, depending on the, the shuffling, but Max Cunningham, pick my brain, amazing human fellow Canadian for you. And yeah. I just saw it when I was like, Oh man, you guys are going to have some epic conversations. And it was really cool because Kelsey and Max, Kelsey had booked padding at the end of the trip. And so she had extra time. Max literally rearranged her entire schedule to come to the retreat. And she's like, I don't even have a flight out yet. Or I don't, I don't even know what the context was, but, but Max is like, let me go hang out with Kelsey. And they went mountain biking and they had, they had a great conversation afterwards. And so um, I just thought it'd be fun. I sent Max a, a message and I was like, Hey, Max, you got to spend some extra time with Kelsey. Um, and I'm interviewing her next week. Like just based on um, your time with Kelsey, what are some things that you appreciate and admire about her? And she sent me an audio message. So I'm going to open up some of the visionary method by playing this audio message from Max. So here's some unexpected gratitude for you, Kelsey, but I'll, I'll leverage what Max said to build on to the next part of it. So um, I shared my audio. If this doesn't work out perfectly with the editing, we're just going to leave the messiness in. But here's here's what Max said about Kelsey. Kelsey, just give me a thumbs up if you can hear this when I play it. Oh my gosh, Kelsey is such a rock star. Um... Number one thing I learned, I, I learned that she is exactly what she says. Like her offers are so in alignment with how she practices. Like she teaches people how to market and she markets just absolutely beautifully. She's so authentic. She's so outdoors. She's so multi-potentialite. Um, you don't even know she's pregnant because she doesn't slow down at all. She's just... <laughs> She's just a powerhouse. Um, I can't wait to take some of her programs. I can't wait to hire her. I'm not ready to market quite yet, but when I do, I will be hiring her. Um, as soon as the, I can't wait to listen to the podcast, I'm excited. So there's, there's what Max, there, so there's, cool. shout out to Max. So there's what, there's what Max said. And I think she said it so right. Like you are so dialed in with who you are and you're exactly who you say you were. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to meet people that are like consistent across the board, right? There's no like, Kelsey shows up this way on a mastermind. She shows up this way. You know, it, it's like, you're the same human that I met online as I met in person. You didn't catfish me, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, so, so it's, it's, it, but, but having, having that authenticity, that alignment in who you are and how you show up in so many different levels of your life, I think it's just so, so important. So to tie that into some of your work, I know in the visionary method, you got seven steps. You you have the revision session. You have the brilliance finder, the CBO creator, the visionary impact map, the high ticket offer incubator, the marketing mastery intensive, and then serve, grow, and scale. So obviously we don't have time to go into all that, but I love how you start with helping people find alignment, with helping people find their vision. And so I wanted to kind of pull on some of the, the ways that you help people revision to find that alignment because you do it so naturally yourself, but obviously you walk people through this. And now I'm now my conversations are bleeding in my head because we talked about this, I think on your episode, but like answering that question, what do you want is one of the hardest freaking questions to answer. And so getting people into a space of, what that blue sky is, what their life is, is just so important. And sometimes we don't actually actively think about this and it takes a crisis or something crazy to happen and say, what do I really want? So long, long winded way of setting up this question, but like, as you help people kind of re envision their lives, what are some of the questions? What are the things that you guide them towards when they want to reestablish their vision? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to cue this up with a bit of a story because when I started my business, so you heard about the Justin Bieber moment, you heard about the Facebook group, 
But I mentioned, I didn't have a master plan. I needed to make money. I knew I wanted freedom and flexibility with my schedule, but I was also open to, okay, well, whatever I have to do to continue paying rent in Toronto, which is one of the most expensive cities to live in, I will figure this out. And I think it's so cool to hear you and Max reflect back to me that you are exactly who you say you are. You've built a business in alignment because I truly do believe that everybody listening can do this. But I will caveat that by saying it's not going to look perfect. It's not going to be a linear journey. So for me, I started the Facebook group. Was I making money and did I turn it into a profitable business? No, but I asked myself, okay, what are some of the things that I am good at that I can make money doing? Such a simple concept, but I think when you actually kind of draw those two circles or it's like the Japanese concept of ikigai, ikigai. it's like your vocation, your passion, you know, there's kind of this like, you may love something, but if you can't make money doing it and you have to earn in order to sustain your lifestyle, we got a bit of a problem. So for me, I kind of started my own journey and then I'll tie this back to some advice for others with just saying, okay, what am I good at? What am I passionate about that I can make money doing? And so of course, curating community. So I started hosting these little one day workshops under the visionary community. So goal setting 101, how to create a vision board. So really basic stuff, but I was earning maybe 200 or $400 per workshop. So that was one way that I started exercising that muscle of like, I'm passionate about this. Maybe somebody else's. I'm also very passionate about fitness. And I taught spin classes at the time. So I walked around Toronto with my resume to like 20 different spin studios or gyms. And I said, I love teaching spin. I love talking about fitness. Like, do you have a job for me? So I started teaching spin classes around the city. That led me also into teaching at this franchise called Orange Theory Fitness, where I would teach classes. So I was teaching at Orange Theory. So now I have three jobs. I also decided to start a network marketing company because I'm like, I'm really passionate about natural health. And people are buying these products based on my recommendation anyways, I might as well make commission doing it. So I took that on as a fourth job. And then I also had a lot of people at the time saying, oh, you're really good at social media. And this was at the birth of Instagram 10 years ago. And I thought, okay, well, if people don't know how to use social media, but they need to use it, could I maybe put together a one hour webinar? Webinars were really popular at the time teaching them and giving them a workbook. And so really all of this just came to be by exploring those innate gifts that I had, but also those passions that I had. And also will people pay for this? And ultimately I think for anybody listening who wants to make a pivot or revision their life or revision the way that they're moving about their career, start by asking yourself some of these questions. And my best advice is get your foot in the door at a few of these places or spaces or communities and start to have a presence. Make yourself known, talk to people, tell them, I'm really interested in volunteering. I'm really interested in learning how to host webinars like you do. I'm really interested in you know, learning startup fundraising. Could you mentor me? And, and just start to see which of those paths unfold 
not all of them are going to work out. They didn't for me. Like network marketing didn't work out. I didn't want to teach at Orange Theory Fitness for the rest of my life. <laughs> I didn't want to make money doing $20 workshops forever, but that was literally the starting point, the catalyst to me finding clarity in my ultimate vision, which is what I'm doing today. But that's taken me many years and I'm still trying to figure it out. So I think <laughs> that revision process is a lot of personal work, self-reflection, and then putting that out into the professional world and saying, is this making sense? And how do I feel? Oh man, that's so good. And it, again, I guess I'm just going to keep referencing the conversation that I had with Kelsey. Cause in my mind, it's like, this has been one long conversation and Kelsey are, yeah, and I are uh, 90 minutes into this. So now, now I'm like tying in insights from an episode that you guys haven't heard yet. So I'm not going to say something specifically, but go check out that episode, go check out visionary life. So you can hear my conversation with Kelsey. Hopefully we time the, the episodes properly as far as timing goes, but, um, there was a comment that I had made during your episode about like, uh, if your life was a board game, how would you go about creating it? And what I love so much in your story is like, you were kind of gathering all the puzzle pieces, all the different components of your board game. It's like, you went really wide, really wide in your curiosity and say, let me do all these different things. Let me have all these different experiments. Let me just see what's working. And I think that's completely fine to put yourself in that sense of space and play. I've had to do this as I've been reinvented. And I think if you haven't gone through this in your life, as you're listening to this, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and I, I think everyone goes through this point of like, okay, I need to kind of like figure out what, what really is the point of me. But I, I just love how you just give are giving people permission to go really wide in their curiosity and then say, what sticks, what are the things that I'm, I'm really playing with that is going to help and support me. And then just being very intentional about pulling out the disparate elements that really made sense from all those different things. Cause I don't think you can ally or arrive at narrow, narrow specificity until you've gone really wide, really first. So I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And on that board game analogy too, like I love that you and I chatted about building out your board game. I almost think of the board game, guess who as well. Mm. I don't know if you've ever played that game where <laughs> yes. you're asking questions. So in the early phases of business, I basically had to ask myself each day, like, guess who, like, am I this person today? Am I this person? And on this journey where you're starting a business, you're getting more visible than you ever have before. You have to meet people and present yourself. You're almost learning to like take off the layers of who you were in your corporate life. And you remove those glasses that you hated wearing into the office all the time. And you take off the clothes that were making you feel uncomfortable. And now you're on this journey of figuring out who you really are and who you want to become. And as an entrepreneur, you can uncover to your true self really, really fast, or you can like slowly test out. Like when I put on this fitness instructor and this mic, do I feel most alive? Like maybe mm. that's my guess who version today. Or when I'm on stage wearing the power shoes and I'm training people about marketing, do I feel so good as that version of my guess who today? So it can feel uncomfortable in figuring out your identity. And I know you're a Todd Herman fan as well. It's like, mm -hmm. what are those like pieces of clothing or those items that make you feel most alive? And I think a lot of us lose that in our corporate jobs and in becoming someone we're not throughout our teen years and our twenties. And then the journey is actually like unprogramming and saying like, what is my identity for this vision that I have for the future? Yeah. 
So good. And yeah, you dropped so much gold there too. For anybody that wants to check out Todd Herman, he was episode number 76 on the show about your alter ego. And that's, he actually played a major role in helping me think about the different look, viewing it yourself as like a, a separate thing that you're working on. And that's kind of where the, the question came up. So I love that you pulled that out. And I, I just kind of to put a, a little bit of a button, obviously we can revisit some of the conversation about revisioning, but it's, it's, so relevant to any form of reinvention, whether you're starting out or whether you, I, I even know people that have sold businesses and it's like, you think you sell a massive business, you have this massive exit and it's like, holy shit, massive win. But then identity is gone again. It's like the same thing as losing a job, even though you exited a business, it's like your identity was tied into that. And you're going to have to go through this process again, right. Of like, okay, what does this next phase look like? What are the new things that I'm interested in? How do I reinvigorate it? So it's cool that you kind of put some thought around this just form of reinvention and blank slate because it is a part of the hero's journey. It is just a part of the cycle. So I love that. The The next part that you have on the visionary method, and again, we're not going to get through all of these, but I, I, I highlighted some of my favorite parts. I'm like, ooh, I want to find out a little bit more about that because I always want to hear different people's perspectives on how to uncover the first principles that are going to make up uh, an, an aligned business. So the, the next one that you talk about is the brilliance finder. And in, in this part of your process, you help people to define your brilliance and communicate it with clarity. And again, this is tying back to our conversation. So I'm, I'm just, I got to stop doing this, but like identifying your brilliance, giving yourself permission to step into that, identifying, defining and communicating it. It is, it is a beast, right? It is, it is a hard thing to do. So I was curious if you can maybe touch on a little bit about how, if, if somebody is going through a reinvention or maybe they're looking for that next level of, of refinement inside of what they're already doing, like what are those yep. things that maybe you're not passionate about that are still part of your day to day? And how do you find that next level of your unique ability where you're delegating and removing that from your plate and going to the next level? So it applies in mm -hmm. so many different contexts, but how do we go about uncovering some of our brilliance and communicating it with clarity? Absolutely. So for somebody who's feeling maybe a little bit uncertain of how to make that next leap, or maybe they're just jumping into a, a new hobby or building a business for the very first time, I think this is one of the most valuable things that I ever learned. So when I started my journey of building out the visionary brand, I hired a business coach because I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew marketing, but I didn't know how to put together a business plan, how to launch an online course, how to build a platform and have my voice heard and, you know, just start to exercise all of those muscles that we may need as people who are creating um, businesses. So I hired this business coach and one of the first exercises that she had me do was to simply take a blank piece of paper and to just draw uh, like a chart on it. And on one side, I was to track for seven days, everything that gave me energy. So mm. I just put a plus sign and she said for seven days, anytime something gives you energy, write it here. And then on the other side, as you can imagine, it's anytime you don't feel energized or what is something that drained your energy. And that was the assignment like for the week. And I was like, okay, but I have so many nitty gritty questions I want to ask you in this call. But she's like, that's it. We'll see you next week. Make sure that <laughs> you fill out the list. I'm like, okay, thanks for the help on my business strategy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, I took the assignment and I walked around with this piece of paper for a week. And every time I had these interactions of like, oh, like I organized a group bike ride and then we all had coffee afterwards. And then people sent me thank you messages. Like, thanks for organizing a Sunday ride. I was like, I felt so energized from that. And I would write little side notes, community, 
coffee and gathering over good food and drink and just try to observe like what was it about that thing that just brought me so much joy then there would be interactions through the week where I was doing bookkeeping or finances and I'd say like I feel really uncomfortable with numbers I don't think I'm doing this right or I had this commitment on my calendar to meet up with this one person and I really didn't want to, and I wanted to cancel. And that really drained me, even though I went. So over the course of the week, basically I saw what are all the things that give me life? And this really ties into my other question of what inspires you. And then on the other side, it was all of the things that drained me. And I realized that so much of my own brilliance was tucked inside of the things that were bringing me joy, that were energizing me, right? I didn't realize I was a natural community builder. Like for me, sending out a group message saying, everybody meet at 8 a.m. in High Park in Toronto, we're riding. I just thought that was easy, but people were saying like, oh, we appreciate you for organizing this every week. Okay, so maybe I'm a good community builder, mm. but sometimes you actually have to write it down and ask yourself, what is it about this interaction that brought me so much energy and what can I glean from it? And then how can I tie this into my current project? Oh man, I, man, there's so much there. <laughs> uh, that last question that you asked though is so good because there's a nuance in what you just said there. What is it about this interaction that brought me so much energy? Because what I've found is that it may not be the thing. And when I say the thing, it may not be writing. It may not be the, but it could be the general theme that is involved with the thing. That's actually the valuable thing that you're looking for. Right. So yes. I didn't want to skip over that because what is it about this interaction that brought me so much energy? It's a, it's, it's one thing to track, but it's another thing to go deeper and say, really, okay, if I broke this thing, okay, I wrote down cycling, organizing community with people as something that gave me energy, really taking that next level of saying, what is it about this thing specifically as specific? It's like almost like that five whys exercise, like why, 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 yes. why? And like, I think, I think once you get down to those like nitty gritty universal things, that's when it becomes really important that you can copy and paste and apply that in so many different places. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. And just to piggyback on that, like recently we did another mountain bike ride in the town I live in now. And we organized a campfire where we were going to cook coffee over the fire by the river. Um, and someone was messaging me saying, oh shoot, like this is going to be too complicated because we're going to need to bring cups. What about sugar? What about cream? Are you going to pre-grind the beans? And for me, I was like, I've already got this all prepped. Like, this is so fun for me. Like I wrote a list <laughs> immediately. I have the cups. I'm prepping the coffee now. All the cream and sugar is already portioned <laughs> out. And I'm like, so what is it about this interaction? Like, it feels easy for me to plan events and to gather community. But my friend who was messaging me was like, cancel it. This is so stressful, unnecessary. It's going to take way too much work to go to Starbucks and buy all these things. So yeah, it's like asking yourself. So yeah, that was energizing for me, but why? Because I love event planning. I love writing yeah. lists. So yeah, just, I think being an observer of your own life um, and just taking a moment to dissect that once in a while can be super valuable, but I think we often don't give ourselves the time to reflect on our current circumstances. Yeah. And, and and this is just a classic example of who, not how shout out to Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. If you want to go check out the episodes with, with Ben Hardy, but it's like the, the other nuance and what you just shared, it's like that friend that was like, 
oh my gosh, the lists and like all that, like she, yeah. that is a, that if she were writing her paper at the same time that Kelsey was writing her paper, it would be a <laughs> negative thing for her. It would be a positive thing for Kelsey. And so I think it's totally. another nuance to what you just shared is that we're all wired so differently. We love so many different things. And it's so easy to think, oh, because I hate this thing and it is the bane of my existence, somebody yeah. else gets energy from that. So maybe in that conversation with that community, that person actually takes charge of the thing that's draining Kelsey, right? And so yes. this is such a simple but valuable exercise. And I would just encourage anyone to treat this like you just paid Kelsey $10,000 to get some coaching, right? Like there you she, go. <laughs> she just gave you some gold, just go track, track some stuff, uh, uh, you know, in the next day or in the next week. So if you're listening to this on a Tuesday and you're waiting for next week, like in the next time you, you listen to an episode, the next seven days, what if you just took some time to track those things that are giving you energy? So I love that I love so it. much. Um, Kelsey, I know we're kind of coming up on time. So I want to kind of start thinking about like uh, a final ish question and we can, we can kind of move towards other stuff. So we've, we've talked a lot about discovery. I think that's been kind of the theme of the last few things that we've gone through. We've gone through revisioning. We've gone through identifying your brilliance, right? And so I'm going to skip ahead in your kind of visionary method. And another thing that is just a, a foundation of all these business building blocks is creating an offer. And I know you have a, a high ticket offer incubator. So let's, you know, I know we skipped some steps here, but let's say people have the data, they have some ideas around the stuff that is super exciting and lighting them up. And maybe they have some ideas about the kind of people they can serve. I would love to kind of hear some of your thoughts on how you've guided people through creating a high ticket offer and building an irresistible offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say at its core, there are only four things you need to know when you're building out any offer. And this is for the person listening who's like, I want to start a podcast, or I want to write an ebook, or I want to make $7 by selling something online. Like all businesses can benefit from these four foundational principles in building out their offer. And I'll say, even though I love marketing, this has nothing to do with marketing because no amount of marketing can sell a bad offer, right? So don't jump ahead to like, I'm just going to make this sexy branding and get a viral Instagram content. Because if you don't know what you're selling or how you're positioning yourself, you're jumping ahead. So going to the offer incubator, what I teach my clients is number one, this is quite a simple concept, but you need to know who you want to work with. And more specifically, what problem do you want to solve? So I teach this exercise called Island A and Island B. I have you picture your dream client living on this dark and stormy island <laughs> where there's no tropical music. It rains every day. It's cold. You're there with the worst friends and family annoying aunt Greta is in your ear on this <laughs> island. And you're like, this is the worst vacation ever. I want to get off. I have unwanted problems and challenges right now. Get me away. And then across the ocean, that person on Island day who's suffering can see another Island. And it's like tropical paradise. People are having the time of their lives, drinking margaritas. Bob Marley is playing there with their best friends, best family. They want to get there. Right. They don't know how though. They don't know, like, should I swim over? Should I take a kayak? Should I hire a private yacht? And in fact, they don't care how. So as long as we can figure out where is your client now, where do they want to go? And if you can speak to that, somebody will say yes to you without even knowing what the boat is, how much it costs, et cetera. So get clear on the who, the Island A, the Island B. From there, craft a boat. 
like make the best boat. So if you want to make this VIP cruise ship yacht that has servants all over it, that has like somebody who's constantly asking if you want a warm towel to wipe your face. Awesome. And charge a premium price for that. If you want to do like this self-guided kayaking tour, you just drop the boat off and say, great, you paid for your rental. Now here's your map, get yourself to the other side. And it's a self-guided <laughs> journey. That's awesome too. You might charge a little bit less for that. But once you know Island A, Island B, you get to build the boat. So I don't care if it's $40,000 for this boat or 40 cents, figure out what works best for your dream client. From mm. there, ask yourself the questions that Brandon and I just covered. What's my unique brilliance? How can I add some flair to this boat? How can I add some fun entertainment? How can I surprise them with a welcome gift as soon as they walk aboard? How can I equip them to have success? Should I give them a map or is this a mystery? <laughs> so figure out what's your <laughs> unique brilliance and how you're going to position this boat. And finally, think about the simple concept of a sales and marketing funnel. How will you acquire attention at the top? How will you nurture people? And how will you ultimately get them to say yes, to jump on board and take this voyage with you? What? That was so cool. I love that. You know, I'm like getting addicted. I, again, I've given Blake Fly a lot of shout outs, uh, but I Blake is a part of one of my expeditions right now. And one of the things that I have people do in this expedition is somebody presents like what they're trying to do. And uh, all you're able to do is ask more questions about this thing, not for them to answer, but for them to get to think differently. And so yeah. Blake, Blake had this question the other day. It was like, uh, the, uh, one of the, Vlad, who's also going to be on the show, it's like he was talking about helping people move through crisis. And Blake's question is, what was what would crisis the musical look like? Um, right. Like like and another question that Blake answered is like uh, Alexander Watkins, who's also been on the show. Uh, she's thinking about, you know, setting up her business to, to sell. And he said, if if selling or exiting your business was a season of The Bachelor, what would it look like? Like just crazy off the wall questions. But what I love so much about Island A, Island B, even the puzzle analogy that we're talking about the games, it's like, man, there's so much power. So I'm just, this is a note to myself. There's so much power in these like, bizarre off the wall, completely yeah. outside of the, okay, let's create an offer and think about these things. Cause that's so cool. Cause I can think about Island A, I can think about Island B, I can think about all the fun things that I would want to include in that. And once you kind of play, you're in that space of creativity. It's like, okay, what's actually the thing that I want to pull into this. And I, I love, like you said, it's like, what is the Island going to, what is the journey going to be like? Are you giving them like a, a bunch of twigs and a binding and saying, here's 40 cents, good luck. And you can kind of like use yep. the, the, the floating <laughs> and that's the survival option of uh, getting to Island B. But then there's, like you said, the $40,000 yacht with the, the towel. And so I, I love that. And I, I want to play with those questions myself. And I would just encourage everyone to do that. So thank you for sharing that. It's super, super powerful for anyone creating any level of offer to get yeah. in that space of play about that journey for people. So fun. Mm -hmm. You got it. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, so I know it, we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping up here, Kelsey. So a question that I've been asking lots of people on the show, uh, when I get the chance is to talk a little bit about what curiosity means to you personally, how has curiosity served you? I know we've already kind of gotten some hints on it, but how, how has curiosity served you on your entrepreneurial journey or your personal life? Hmm. Such a beautiful question. Oh, 
I think for me, keeping an open mind to life. So oftentimes we move about our days, we're interacting with new people, we're seeing YouTube content, we've got a podcast in our ears. And most of that kind of moves in and out, right? Like we're taking in a lot, especially as people who love learning and personal growth and professional development. Like I'm always kind of like bouncing from one tab to the next, to the meeting, to the this. I told you today I booked back to backs, but oftentimes as I move about a day, whether it's a day full of things I love, a day full of maybe it's like heavy, laborious work tasks, there's often things that I'll end up writing in a notebook or I'll take out my iPhone and I'll just like write the word down, like the word visionary. So when things, I, I, I don't know how to describe it besides like when you get that kind of like gut feeling when you get that alertness of like, oh, I'm paying back attention to this podcast. Why? Write that thing down. There's something in you that's obviously curious mm. or questioning or wanting to learn more. And a lot of people share this tip. Like when you get an idea or when you hear something, if you don't immediately kind of transport that idea to the next step, if you don't write it down, categorize it, draw it on your hand, speak it to somebody else to kind of reiterate it in your brain, you're going to lose it, right? If you've ever read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she describes the concept of like, there's so many ideas floating in our universe. There's so many things that are going to pique your curiosity. But if you don't actually grab that idea and move it forward, it's going to leave you and it's going to go visit someone else. And that's going to be the moment where you say, man, I could have built that. I had that idea 10 mm. years ago, but you didn't grab it. You didn't like really capture and make that idea tangible. So it went to the person who was ready and willing. So I think in these moments in our days, when you are curious or when something kind of goes, oh, that actually kind of like felt exciting, write it down, put it somewhere. I love sticky notes. Um, I have sticky notes all over the place because they're an easy way to just put one idea on one piece of paper, slap it somewhere where you're going to look at it every day. There's a reason why that thing caught your eye. And if you're willing to explore it and to see what that next kind of ping is around that idea, um, you're going to get up to so many adventurous shenanigans in your life. Mm. And so that's what curiosity means to me is being open to the ideas swirling in our universe. That's so good. That's so good. I'm taking a bunch of stuff because I, I set up this automation system. When I get this idea, I, I put it, I, I I click a button, I type a note and then I press it and it sends it to a Trello board. But my Trello yeah. board just got like an endless list of random ass ideas, but I'm not looking at that. I'm not, I'm not steeping in them, but yeah. the idea of having like post-it notes just all over my walls of like, Oh yeah, there was that thing like that might yes. become handy. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that. And also that is Ryan Casales, uh, who was at the Curiosity Quest. I'm tying all my humans together. He also recommended Big Magic, and I haven't um, come across that yet. So I'll have to make sure cool. that I, I I listen to that. That's the second time I've heard of that. But, oh, man, Kelsey, that was such a good answer. I Where can people find out about you and all the incredible stuff that you're up to if they want to continue the journey? 
Mm -hmm. So I'm at Kelsey Rydell anywhere on the internet, Instagram, uh, and my website, KelseyRydell.com. And then the podcast is called the Visionary Life Podcast. We interview visionaries like Brandon, um, <laughs> and we release an episode every single week that's going to inspire you, challenge you to think against the status quo and to live life on your own terms. Oh my gosh. Go check it out. Go check out the visionary life. Could not recommend, uh, enough. Go, I've been, you know, obviously in these, I get to check out some episodes, so I would highly recommend, um, checking out the show episode. If you, if you are really curious, where was it? Episode 226. What was the, what was 296? Go check out episode 296. If you want a recap of Kelsey's experience coming to the curiosity quest, obviously, hopefully we time this correctly. My episode might be on there. I know Brian Scudamore has been on this show has been on there as well. So there's a bunch of uh, overlap between his, his Blake been on there too. I'm sure Blake's we have lots of people, Blake, Ryan Michael Castellas, Roderick. Right. Oh, Ryan's Roderick. been on. Okay. Yeah. So go check out if you want uh, different flavors from a different awesome interviewer, go check that out for Kelsey. Um, and I'm just going to have a really quick conversation with you listening to wrap things up. And I want to say, you could be listening to so many other podcasts. You could be doing so many other things, but you are still listening to my voice right now. We've been going for about an hour, which means that you have found something ridiculously valuable from this conversation. And for being here, for hanging out, I am so grateful for you. There's so much gold here. And just there's something in here that can change someone's life. That's why I'm so passionate about content. That's why Kelsey's passionate about being a podcaster because we're both those kinds of people. It's like, ooh, that one thing could just mean the world. So whether it was those initial story of hearing Kelsey get inspiration from the Beebs while she was hiking, whether it was her adversity through mountain bike racing or learning about how you can uncover your brilliance or kind of ask those questions to reassemble your life in a very intentional way or creating an offer, leveraging the island A and island B analogy. There's so much juice in here. So my ask is that you just take a second to share this with someone that you think would add value. And uh, whether you do that or not, I so appreciate you for being here. And Kelsey, any final things you want to say before we head off today? Go listen to Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Go check there out. What was the song? What was the song that it's inspired the children. whole thing? Children. Children. Go listen yeah. to Children by Justin Bieber. A never before requested a final thing to say nobody on the show. So go nobody check ever. <laughs> <laughs> go check out Children. Awesome. Kelsey, this has been amazing. I appreciate you so much. And we'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks, Brandon.